Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I am Chapin Hemingway, and it's a special edition because I am hosting it, baby. I am joined. I was wondering by what made it a special <laughs> edition. It's always special. It's always special, special when I'm hosting. You got it, that right. I am Chapin Hemingway, as I said. I am joined, as always, by Lee Carlo and Jeremy Fisk. And today we are discussing James Mangold's Ford v. Ferrari, or as it's known in Europe and other places, Le Mans 66. And that'll carry us into our top five, which this week is our top five combined Christian Bale and Matt Damon performances. We're going to rank them. How long have we known each other, Ken? I ever break a promise to you? I will put you in the driver's seat at Le Mans. You just shut your mouth and let me do my thing. All right. Come Morning, Shelby. Morning, Molly. Up yours. I'll go to hell. the 24 hours of Le Mans for the fifth consecutive year. Mr. Ford, Ferrari has a message for you, sir. What did he say? He said Ford makes ugly little cars in ugly factories. And uh, he called you fat, sir. I was thinking, in, in as I often do, fantasizing about being a famous director, and here I am, not even a famous podcaster. Um, <laughs> but I was fantasizing about um, being a famous director at or you know what famous directors think about and i had this thought that i if i were to look back on my career if i were like a if i were like a 75 or 80 year old filmmaker like martin scorsese is right now and i look back on my career i would wish i would i would hope that i was the type of filmmaker that always tried to make an interesting film a unique film something new innovative something that strives to be greater than your average film. Um, even if you fail, uh, you can at least say that you try to do something interesting, right? Um, I think if we're going to sort of compare films, you know, like let's just, let's just say your, your, your ad Astra versus your, I don't know, what's a generic kind of movie that we've, um, you know, liked but weren't weren't didn't blow our skirts up i can't think of it off the top of my head but um so we that don't let talk me, about bad movies so right well that's not a well that's the, the, that yesterday my, sure that leads to my next question which i went back and i looked at james mangold's films and i i think he's a really talented director i liked a lot of his movies i liked copland a lot which was kind of his which was mm-hmm. his second film but a movie that um i think kind of was his breakout movie um I enjoyed the the Johnny Cash movie Walk the Line. Um, I thought that it had a couple of great performances, and I think it's a better than average um, biopic. You know, I know you're quite critical of those, Lee. Um, he did a sort of action movie with Tom Cruise. That's that's probably better than your average action movie. Um, he kind of, I wouldn't say redefined the superhero genre, but he certainly improved on it with Logan and kind of brought it to a new level that. Um, you know, we haven't really seen before. So I guess my point is that I think Mangled is a director who um, really just makes good movies. I don't know that he takes a lot of risks. Risks. I don't know that he um, 
always he always strives. I don't know that he ever strives to make a unique, you know, sort of stand standalone movie. But he's a great journeyman. He's able to make you know take your take three ten to Yuma, really great western. But it's you know nothing new or original. It's not Unforgiven, for example. Um, and so I want to ask you guys. I guess second, you know. Does Ford v Ferrari fit into that mold of what I'm describing? And I guess, firstly, before you get to that, um, you know, what's the merit in this kind of filmmaking? You know, I mean, we tend to love directors who kind of push the boundaries a little bit. And uh, I don't know that Mangold is one of them, but he does make great movies. So I'm just confused because, like, it, you want to say if, like, if you were a filmmaker that w- was able to make a bunch of movies over your career, you wanted do risks but you're also saying you like <clears throat> these sort of James Mangold movies that maybe are a little bit more cookie cutter and fit into a mold so like which which way is it is it just that you personally would do something different but you're fine enjoying okay. a movie like this or here's a good example I, I think I'd rather be Michael Mann than James Mangold but James Mangold you could argue his, he has a better bad not working approach. anymore he's still work. yeah he's still working right yeah, which is has, nice yeah he. So I, I know you want us to answer one of these questions first, but I feel like I kind of have to put my cards on the table with this movie because I, I like that you asked this because it's kind of a lot about what I've been thinking about with this movie. And I'll just say, like, this is a good movie. This is a good sports movie. This is, I think, a solid B-plus to me. What do you, what do you mean by good? Do you, do you mean good the, or do you mean fun? Like, I, that's no, where I think the it's distinction good. No, goes There is me. a difference, and I think it's both. Um, I do think this is a fun movie, but I also think this, this is a good movie. And I'm emphasizing good because I think that's it. And that's not a bad thing. That's, of course, a good thing. I think this is a good movie. And I simult- when movies are, are these, like, solid B-pluses, like, there's not really ultimately anything wrong with it, but it's not great. You know, it's like 310 to Yuma. It's a good movie, but it's not Unforgiven. This is a good movie, but it's a good sports movie, but it's to me it's not Rocky. Um, so movies like that that are well made and kind of do the job and are good I have sort of a love-hate relationship with because I love them because you know they're accessible and they're often entertaining this is entertaining in a number of ways uh, but they're a pain in the ass to critique they're actually kind of boring to critique and I'm worried for this podcast because I think we're all going to kind of agree that he did a lot of things well here uh, you know every single box was checked A, B, and C worked uh, the performance is good, acting, uh, the directing good, uh, uh, action sequence is good. Like, but where do we go from there? How, how do you critique a movie like this? And that's what well, I struggled with. And that's what I struggle with movies like this in general. So while I like them and they're kind of good to have around because they've got a lot of rewatchable appeal, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to judge them. So I get frustrated. Well, there's two things I'd like to add to that. Like, you guys are trying to compare these, what you're calling good movies, to like 310 to Yuma's Not Unforgiven, and this movie's not Rocky, but very few movies are that amazing. So is it really, is really the comparison good to great, or no. is it the key word, which Chapin mentioned in his intro, is it risk? Is yeah. that what we're really talking about here? Is like I, I think the so. director's not mm-hmm. taking a risk. Very few movies are ever going to be Unforgiven. Very few movies are ever going to be Rocky. But 
what we have in, in Ford vs. Ferrari is what is this director doing to take risks as a filmmaker? I mean, that, I think that's the essential question. And, and I think w- the answer clearly is not much. He's not doing much to take risks. He knows that this is going to bring in all the dads, the older dads, um, and it's got you know some great male bonding, and he knows what his audience is going to be, and he just takes that and, and and works up from that. But he's not trying to risk anything huge here, which I guess the uh, that then the question becomes, like, is that okay? Is that you know? Is that something we can endorse? Is that something that we enjoyed? Like, where is the merit of that? Well, yeah, and that, I'll tell you why. You, you kind of said it, Jeremy, and and I think it was. I think it's an important point in that he he takes <clears throat> this, you know, screenplay or this idea that he knows has an audience that he knows he can do within the parameters of the genre or within the parameters of you know whatever his audience what the, his audience is looking for but he works up from there and i think that's the key he doesn't rely on his built-in audience here and i actually think that it, that it goes beyond that he doesn't rely on the performances he doesn't rely on the action sequences he uses all of those things well and i think he puts them together well and i think that is what elevates this movie beyond just a director playing it safe it's, he's not taking risks but there's a little bit of a difference in the fact that he is elevating the work. He is, he is just he's taking something that he could just sit back and rely on. You know, something I'm always critical of the Marvel movies. You know, they they just know they have their audience, so they're just going to do just enough. And he does more than that, and that's what I like about this movie and what I like about his movies. So let's talk about what he does right. So what what does he do with this script that so basically the story is uh, you know Matt Damon's character used to be a racer then he becomes a car designer for Ford Ford gets it up their ass to beat Ferrari in this race in Italy um, and France uh, France. Uh, France yep thank you Ferrari's Italian that's where <laughs> got confused confusion. Um, yeah, but uh, so so basically that that's the the basis of the story. So then you have Matt Damon's character who designs a car, and then Christian Bale's character who's the driver and also part designer of this car to try to f- get Ford to beat Ferrari at this race. And also a big pain in the ass. Yeah. So where where what in your opinion does he do right? I mean, you know, from casting to uh, the well. the structure of the screenplay to that sort of thing, and where um, do you think it just becomes like he he kind of goes into uh, familiar tropes? Yeah. Well, I, I love the tone. I think um, Mangle has always had yeah. a <clears throat> maybe with the a few. I think I saw Identity, which I believe is a little bit more darker than this. But the, his past few films have always been kind of light. You know, maybe. Um, you know, Jeremy, you know Gil Dennis or knew Gil Dennis. He, he's died since then, but he co-wrote the Johnny Cash script that eventually became Walk the Line, and his mm-hmm. script was much darker. 
uh, initially, and he had a big problem with Mangold, who made it lighter, and I think that's generally the tone he's more comfortable with, this lighter tone, and I think it fits very, very nicely with this particular story, because, you know, it's we're not taking things too seriously, this is motor racing, this is corporate America in the 60s, it's a bright, saturated time, it's, it's a, it, you know, it's, um, it's, it's hopeful in a weird way, and I think that works really nicely for the movie. Would you have liked to seen the darker spots of it? I mean, you're probably well, in, funny in reality. <clears throat> it's funny you say that because I I felt very emotional um, at the end. Uh, spoiler alert: when sort of unceremoniously Ken Miles dies while testing the next Ford GT car, and I thought, man, that I mean, I I understand not including it or including it in the way that they did. Um, but boy, like what a tragic thing, you know, this guy kind of works his heart out to get to Le Mans and he essentially wins it, although there's a technicality and he doesn't. And then he's testing to do it again and dies in front of his son. I don't know if that part is actually true or not, but, um, and it's sort of a, an afterthought and I mean, not really, but it is, I you know, so it, it is a little bit. And that, that's where I think I was going to say the darker parts or where he tries to go a little darker were some of the weaker parts of the movie. I thought, I mean, I, I have to admit the Ken miles death in this was, was treading a little bit too much on biopic formula for me. And this movie didn't really have any of that, which was good. And, but as soon as you start getting into the aftermath in this movie, I, I started tiring of it. And maybe that had a little bit to do with because it goes to a little bit of a darker place. But I just I, I think you hit the nail on the head, shape, and the tone of this movie is is great. I mean, you can owe, you can owe that to Mangold, you can owe that to the actors, and probably both uh, deserve credit. Yeah, I, I think the reason you felt more emotional towards that end was less about Mangold and more about Bale, I, Bale's performance. I think yeah, he's like the key. Him. I think he's the key to that, and I, I kind of disagree with. You, Lee. I, I think I would have liked to seen this go darker. I would have liked to, that, like especially for that end, the payoff would have been, for me, uh, okay, earned a little bit more. So separate from the end, there are parts of this movie that I think warranted a little bit more of a dark tone. And I'll tell you what it was. It was the silly, like corporate bigwigs, the Leo BBs played by Josh Lucas's in this movie that were God, silly. That was just like, plain bad. Right. It was bad. It was and so, bad. Like, it, I don't think he was bad. I just think that was a stupid character and like you, it was just poorly written. And You I mean, better he's, he's, get you better have him not drive or else there's not going to be a bad guy in this movie and there'll be right. no conflict. Urgh, so, I'm so mad. So, and, and actually, and, I, and he is the the worst among them, but like, I mean, Henry Ford the second is sort of guilty of the same problem. I mean, the whole but isn't that the whole a big Ford thing? In this, I mean, it is. It, but and another note I made, which I think is weird about this movie, is that this is not really Ford v Ferrari. It's more Ford v Ken Miles and Carroll Shelby. Right. That's for Ford the story we're watching here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the story we're watching here. So. I mean, the, the Ferrari's not really the bad guy. I mean, he ha, he says some some harsh words about Henry Ford II earlier in the film, but we're hardly rooting against Ferrari in this movie. We're rooting against Ford in this movie. We're rooting for Carroll Shelby and and Ken Miles. And so these bad guys, the Leo Beebe's and the Henry Fords and and the and the 
the cliched Lee Iacocca in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of cliched characters in this movie. I but, didn't think he was cliche, did you? Oh, uh, he was like he's like because he's he's like he's sort of the orchestrator of it, and then he just quietly like sits in the background and has this like shit eating grin every now and then when he's like, <laughs> I see what they're doing. Like it was so dumb. Um, anyway, God. like, but I think I think that <laughs> if they're gonna make thing... them the bad guys, make that darker. So back to your point, Jeremy. Make make that a little bit more realistic. My, my yeah, exactly. That that really took this movie down a peg for me, like a lot. Like that's a big cru- crux to this movie. Yeah. And they're supposed to be the quote unquote bad guys. It's like either make that make that relationship between Damon and Bale either not necessarily darker, but just a little more gritty or real or something, even though those two were great in it. And I really enjoyed watching them play off each other, but it was more in a jovial sort of like, ah, isn't this fun? I would have liked to see a little bit more gritty between those two and make that the, the whole story instead of like just throwing out these corporate Ford guys that all of a sudden are just like, oh, we gotta th- we gotta throw a wrench into this, or else this is just gonna be smooth sailings this whole movie, yeah. um, which well, seemed, yeah, that that I, I didn't love that. What you're asking for, Jeremy, the a little bit more tension or a little bit more of a, a dark relationship between Ken Miles and Carol Shelby, that's the risk that he didn't take. Exactly. Because, exactly. Because this movie is whether he likes it or not, or whether we like it or not, is Matt Damon and Christian Bale. I mean, and that's what's bringing people in. They're movie stars. This is a movie star movie. It's coming around around Thanksgiving. It's accessible to just about everybody. And like that's what I, I was saying about my love hate relationship with this. Like, I sort of like the fact that I'm gonna go see a bunch of family tomorrow for Thanksgiving, and people are gonna ask me what movies are good and I can talk to normal people about this movie in a normal way without having to be like well Parasite is great you know if you'd like to sit down let's watch The Irishman that's on Netflix if you guys have three and a half hours to spare so like I can be like hey Ford vs. Ferrari Matt Damon Christian Bale they'll be like oh Batman and Will Hunting Jason Bourne (laughs) or Jason Bourne well yeah no I yeah, go ahead, Chapin. You haven't said much. No, no, no. I, 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 I listen. I agree with you guys. I, I think my general tastes go to darker material. I mean, you guys, Lee makes fun of that all the time, but I, I like a little more grit to things. I like seeing, I like that. But I, I think, you know, you guys also remind me often that we need to sort of uh, the move. You got to sort of look at the movie as it is, you know, like we're not, we're not here to be prescriptive. And I, and I do think that that tone is something that runs throughout the film. And like, you know, we could have very well come back and our wishes were granted about Ford V Ferrari and said the tone was inconsistent, or we felt that those moments were um, artificial or, you know, seemed out of place. And so I, 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 I really, I I I I think like I for reference my intro I think that that would have made for a more interesting movie certainly, but would it be would it have been the movie that Mangold wanted to make and I, I don't know that it would have been, you know I think I think that this is supposed to be kind of a, a a lighter movie, and and honestly like with the disappointment of some of these. <clears throat> Not just for me, but for you guys as well. Some of these, you know, auteurs making movies that we've reviewed in the past couple weeks, Irishman, Ad Astra, for example, you know, those those films, um, 
for you know they didn't they didn't ring all of our collective bells necessarily and you know i'm not really sure why but maybe that has something to do with what we're discussing yeah i mean for me all that stuff that we just talked about it annoyed me and it was like distracting for me in this movie like i i wanted that other so i wanted this movie to kick it up to another gear but what saved it for me was bale and damon's performances in their interaction together it was that was it was just enjoyable like just watching them and there's this movie had a lot of good comedy too when they fight yeah. on the lawn and she, and he says don't bring him a coke and he's yeah. like no he can Just get it little, himself little like, stuff like that made it made made it really enjoyable like i don't like i didn't like that they decided to fight and then they were fine after and like that was like that was like a microcosm of this movie like oh we better we better elevate this to some sort of uh you know uh darker territory or yeah higher stakes and then let's just we'll wash it off it's it's fine it's it's two seconds later we're fine but those two together doing it was fun to watch so it, it, it definitely like that's a perfect example between the script uh what the director was doing and their performances how they all worked on different uh levels and i think their performances like uh rose above the rest yeah i mean so i'm really struggling with these performances because this may be bold and I don't even know if it's true but these may be my favorite performances from both of these two actors um I, you know look I I I like this performance from Bale a thousand times more than what he did in Vice a thousand times more I will take it any day of the week I thought he was so good I thought I Damon like seeing was so humanity good. in Bale it's but, very kind of rare but here's here's the rub like i you know of course i say that and i I think that and i'm like okay so i'm starting to think okay where are these guys gonna fall in my fixie category and i'm like okay does this movie warrant that like it does sometimes i wonder how much it matters how good they are if the movie isn't good enough you know what I mean? Is what I'm saying making sense? Like, yeah. I liked this movie. I think this movie's good. But I'm like, okay, what does it mean that that Christian Bale was fantastic in Ford versus Ferrari? It's like, I always go back to this. What, what does it mean that Gary Oldman is really, really good in Air Force One? Like, who gives a shit? Like, well, no, come on. <laughs> no, that's I, not I true. No, but that, I think, Lee, I think you're, you're, you're certain, being ridiculous. You gotta, I'm not. Because, because a movie like this, this is what you enjoy about it. You don't, you're not like, oh, this is a groundbreaking revolutionary movie. It's that, like, I, I love the driving sequences, or, God, I love the banter between Bale and Damon, or I love, you know, Bale's performance. It's like, that's fine. Uh, you know, Air Force One is a you know is a is a kind of a uh, a silly film but we well, we can enjoy a, 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 a scenery chewing performance by Gary Oldman what's wrong with that sure but but does he does he elevate that movie enough or do either of these a- actors elevate this movie enough to make it something that warrants the highest think, honor in film I, I think so i think because 
of what we just said. It's like, it's like I, I don't know the answer. I, I'll admit, like I, these guys could end up on my list. Because, this is just my sort they, of internal battle I've been having with myself. Because they elevated this movie as much as they did, that's saying something about their performances. If we're gonna do something as silly as break down every year performances, directing, uh, right. cinematography, if we're gonna break it down, then we we might as well break right. it down per movie and say yes, this is why this movie was better than it, it could have been because of these guys. Sure. But if like but but what if we take this in a different direction and say like okay, so we we know we love Damon and we lo- know we love Bale in this, but what about their relationships to other people? Like let's let's look at it that way. Like Bale like other and characters his wife. in the movie. Yes. Yes. Bale and his wife, for example. Damon I I like um, I like their relationship Ray McKinnon I like their yeah that's a great film that's a great question it's it's like I I I don't think that much was done with that I don't think like I I think Bale and and his wife had a had a interesting relationship but it was clearly like a backseat right it was just clearly it was also another cliche I mean that like I said the sure sort of had a lot of that I think it tried to avoid cliche as best as it could I don't think uh, it, it don't was know. successful, but I think it tried right. to. Sure. Um, so, on that topic, though, like, I sort of wonder if it matters what their relationships with other people are. I mean, especially Christian Bale. I mean, you could argue that kind of the whole point of his character is that he, he has a hard time with relationships with other people. Well, he's so, the only one that has relationships really with other people between him and his wife and him and his son. Like Damon doesn't, it seems to be kind of alone on an island. Right. But that's what I mean. Like, so I wonder if it matters though. Like, like we've said, like this movie is about them versus Ford. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think you have some supporting characters here. You have Ray McKinnon, who I liked in this movie. You've got, um, uh, how do you say, uh, Bale's wife's name. I wish I could get this right. Catriona? Catriona Balf? Catriona yeah. Balf. Um, and uh, Noah Juppe. Noah Jupe. Um, <laughs> look, like, I think they're they're clearly, like clearly... Ray McKinnon? Ray McKinnon? He was sort of their... Uh, the dad. He was the dad. Right? No, no. Ray McKinnon no, is no, the mechanic. Uh, yeah, he's the other mechanic that was also build the in car. Uh, Deadwood. I thought, for first yeah, he's in Deadwood. Yeah, and he looks like uh, Jeremy's favorite director. I think who uh, shoots all the Wahlberg stuff, Peter Berg. Oh, okay. Anyhow. You guys don't think so? <laughs> no, he definitely looks like. Him. Anyway, um, yeah, I just think they're the, like those are those are prime examples of of supporting roles like they and this movie is about its stars and again i like i want to say on one hand he relied on that but that's sort of what i gave this movie credit for is just not totally relying on that like just using that as a piece but what's and it's the a big piece there is no problem with that that's what i'm saying i have like I, i'm just responding to jeremy's question about how you felt how we felt about their relationships with other people like i don't think it matters i don't really think it matters totally to this movie how Bale gets along with his wife. So why, how, why have it? Um, it's a good question. It's a it, feel, it, does, it does feel a little extraneous, although it does add some gravitas to the ending. You know, you feel yeah. you feel that loss a little bit more. 
No, for sure, that's the idea. I mean, that's definitely what they were going for. Yeah, and you can um, make the argument that it just doesn't work. But I don't think to the detriment of the movie. Um, well, let's talk about the technical sort of prowess of this movie. Uh, I was super impressed with the whole with the racing scenes. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely sped out of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to drive so fast home. <laughs> Fortunately, and f- me and Jeremy and Sarah were all there. We took three cars <laughs> and raced <Yeah>. home. <laughs> Jesus, I won. I won, and I live farther. I away. did. You did pass all of us. Why? And I didn't realize it till just now. That's what you were doing. Yes, <laughs> I was passing you guys because I was Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> nice. But yeah, no. I mean, technically, it, it was pretty amazing. Um, yeah with how they shot that and they were long extended scenes of driving so speaking of of the technical aspects of this movie I actually found this has nothing to do with the filmmaking I actually found the the car talk really interesting in this movie I thought that was well written and done well like that could have been a bore like talking about how this brake system is going to work and how we need to up up this and there's too much wind resistance all that stuff I thought was really nicely put into this movie really and really seamlessly like you just I, I don't know anything more about cars now than I did before this movie I didn't learn anything but I felt like from an entertainment perspective that worked well that's something that could have bogged this movie down I'm sure the car geeks out there are pissed but well I realized that my Subaru Forester goes up to 8,000 RPM so and I Oh, I don't think you want to be doing that. I was yeah, yeah. willing to test it. Yeah, burn that, burn that on 114. <laughs> yeah. Test that out. Um, I think there's something about uh, a professional being intuitive with their chosen profession. That no, this is, is another character's is good at their jobs. Yeah, we've done that's that. That's really five, interesting, and it's always fun to watch. Yeah. And I think they played into that. Just you, you don't have to know anything about cars. You just have to know that this guy knows a lot about cars, and he can feel when something's going wrong. And you're like, oh yeah, ooh, that's I agree. And he does a great. They do a great job of him, even when things aren't going wrong, with Christian Bale talking to himself in the car and kind of talking to the car. I thought that was effective writing. And you know, obviously he he brought a lot to that that made that work. And you know, some comedy and kind of that Bale touch, but. I thought that stuff was really smart and really well handled. The, the just kind of making the car stuff very accessible to the audience. What what did you think of Bale's comedy? I mean, I know I mentioned that I thought he was really funny, but would, I was that. I the only one here? No way, I loved it. I thought he was. I thought his timing was just so good on on lines of dialogue that ninety nine percent of people wouldn't be able to pull off as funny. Um, I can't he, remember what the line. The really line good. he says something to one of the Ford bigwigs, like he's Damon has told him to like stop, and he's and he's behind him, and he says he quips some like wise ass line that just that was it for me. I was losing it. Or when, right. when Damon tries to apologize to him, and he just stares at him, and and, and basically <laughs> tries to say like try again, but the way he does it, he's just yeah. He's uh, like no. Talk about. <laughs> comedic chops like where did he get those all of a sudden I think he's had those I mean you see him pop up I mean 
Chapin, you have any thoughts on Christian Bale, your favorite actor? Uh, I thought he was fan- I thought he was great. I love I love that moment in the trailer when he when you when they cut to they're just on him and Carol Shelby's talking and he just raises his eyebrows like I can't believe what he, <laughs> what he, someone said to him. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'll have to watch it, but there was uh, a lot of that though. It was always like it was a lot of unspoken comedy from him too, and this is what I mean. Like, just this is this feels like such a this feels like Bale acting to me, and like, in wait, feel in a bad way? No, in a good way. Uh, like, I, I love when this. you usually say like feels like like you could see people acting. No, no, no. I, I don't mean like that. I can see the. I mean, you can see the acting, but he doesn't feel like he's working as hard. It feels natural. Like he feels yeah. like a good actor in this movie. Whereas opposed to movies like Vice, which I know I don't want to launch Disagree. into it, but I feel like he just is, he's trying too hard. Like he's just, what you know, he, here. Disagree. I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll get into it, but Jesus fucking. Let's wait for guys, our top this five is, here. This is better than Vice. The movie might be. The performance is better. It is. We'll see. We'll fact. see. We'll see what we uh, say when we get into our top five combined. Ooh. Ooh teaser. Right. Teaser for the top five. It's top five. We're gonna do top five Damon, then top five Bale. Oh no, we're combining them. Yes, I do have a nitpick corner when we're at that let's point. Nitpick All corner. Right. I love so, corner. Oh, sorry. Let's, let's do it, the. Uh, we got to do the do the intro. Welcome to nitpick corner, <laughs> where I stand alone in a corner. Um, so the whole break thing when they just decide to replace the whole breaks and the whole. The, the judge comes out and is like, you can't do that. And literally their argument is like, yes, we can. I was just like, uh, I feel like there would be more supposed to be, supposed to be more rules yeah. on this. They'd have like a whole, like, especially when you go, to like you think about nowadays with all the instant replay and the rule books and the referees and all Literally, there was just a conversation. You can't do this like major thing, and then they're like, "Yes, we can." And the guys like, oh. "I, I think I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that." And it may have been that way back in whatever well, fifty something, right, 1966. I'm Perfect. gonna guess that 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 was that was in the script poorly or something, and that got. I think that was saved by the way that they put it together in the movie where where Bale tries to run over and argue with him, and then Damon steps in and just says the exact same thing, because I thought that was a little bit funny, and I think that saved that, you're right, kind of dumb, like, <laughs> fake stakes that they tried to create here. Um, but and I, I like, they made, they made it into a funny scene, so. I think fake stakes is probably the name of the game of this movie. Yeah. yeah. F- fake stakes with the Ford people, fake stakes with the break thing, fake stakes with the not finishing first uh the only but real the, stakes kind of happen the at the end at, yeah it's dangerous but it works yeah, or, or the actual racing that's a great great point there was never a point where like uh, i'm worried about his his life here um they never showed the like they showed a lot of accidents they never showed if any of those people died you have to <laughs> think true. maybe half of them did <laughs> mm-hmm uh, guys, I have to ask you: What did you think of the? What did you think of the um, corporate scenes, like the Ford scenes, like the like opening them. one? You mean like? No, no, no. Yeah. Just like in general, the the storyline around Ford. Like, you know, you've got you sort of you you start the film starts as kind of cutting between 
the Shelby Miles story and the um, you know the sort of Ford corporate story. What, what did you guys think about that? They 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 kind of left they kind of left a lot of it. They kind of pivoted away from it towards the end, but at the beginning, it's quite a lot of screen time. Yeah, it was interesting that like that whole top scene about Ford, where he comes out and gives that announcement on the Ford floor, but there's never really any explanation of what's happening. You kind of get a, you got an idea that maybe there was a rival like Dodge or something mm-hmm. uh, doing well, but there was no real explanation. It was just like, hey, we need to change things. Um, I, I just felt like the whole Ford aspect of it was a bit of a mess. It was just lazy writing they yeah i did really like the moment where he cries in the car (laughs) yeah i thought that that actually was funny and then it came became like kind of emotional you know like in a in a nice way and and you kind of understand what i what i really loved about this this film the, the maybe the emotional core here that sort of transcends the movie in a way that nothing else does which we've been talking about is this idea how like automobiles can be this like can have a lot of heart you know like you know the, the, they aren't they aren't you know dow chemical they're not making chemicals they they all seem to have a love of these cars and there's a there's something sort of primal about the way we think about cars and and automobiles and, and it's not just kind of like your typical corporate world right it's like this it's just it's something more and you get that from that scene where you know ford the second is kind of this uh, omnipresent sort of iron-fisted CEO who you know is depicted as kind of a you know inherited a, something he didn't create and you know he seems to have genuine gratitude and, and emotion over the quality of the car that they've built and it's both yeah, sort of funny and like kind of touching at the same time yeah no I think that scene worked well and uh I didn't really think about the perspective of like the human relationship to the car other than people being good at their jobs. But there is that sort of primal relationship, which is something interesting to think about um, because we kind of created this, this thing out of nowhere and now we're so attached to it. And I do think they tried to kind of juxtapose these, these classes, I guess, if you wanted to, put this into like a, a movie about class a little bit which it it is like you have all of these people who have this supposed love for this car that they've all kind of built together in one way or another and then you have you know carol shelby and ken miles like showing that they not only really care about it but they're in it for the long haul for the 24 hours at Le Mans, where henry ford flies off in his helicopter to go get dinner and get a good night's sleep and comes back. And I don't think that stuff was done particularly well. I just think that's an example of Mangold trying to elevate some simple themes. Well, another simple theme that I think he did actually kind of elevate and and did pretty well was the system versus the individual. Yeah. And it was, you know, Ford is obviously famous for being this company that wa- that reinvented how we manufacture because it was a bunch of individuals doing one single job and doing it over and over and over again and by the end of it you have a full car whereas uh, Carol and Miles are the individuals that sort of need to be you know let free to do their own thing and can't be caught in that system if they want to make 
a race car that's going to win this this race. And I think he did a good job of um, of emphasizing that and showing that in the film. Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, you 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 do get the understanding of this kind of individual spirit that. I mean, you don't want to say it's sort of uniquely American because Ken Miles was British, of course, but like this sort of, I don't know, masculine spirit of taking ch- challenges and, 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 you know, getting your hands dirty. Yeah. And it like, it showed like you do, there are points, there are times where things need to be systematic and need to be done that way. But when you're really talking about competition and sport and racing like there's a very big individual component to it where the individual needs to be free to do what they need to do um which is really interesting because you know there's not one one size fits all yeah Uh, not that movies need to have one but do you guys feel like this movie sort of lacked a lesson at the end like I think if there was a lesson, it was literally what I just described. Right, and that's what made me kind of think about that, but I don't know that it came across as a lesson. Like, I don't know if we were intended to learn anything there. Like, I don't think that was supposed to be the takeaway, and I'm wondering if maybe it should have been, or maybe it was. I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I didn't leave this movie with any sort of, like, feeling about, you know, uh, what's the right way to, you know do things or what's the wrong way to do things in in this case i I just felt like it was a fun romp well there might be something to like trusting the people that you engage with to you know complete a task it's like it seems it seemed and that works one way though in this movie but it doesn't work both ways you know what i mean like ford is should it should have learned to trust carol shelby more but is there any merit to the idea that like well you know, Ken Miles should have been more of a team player too, and I guess I guess he do have. I guess he does at the end. I guess that is the lesson, right? He well, does. Yeah, he, he makes sort of the well, slow Is down. that the lesson? Is that yeah? The lesson he because... well he he learns his le- like he learns the lesson to be like okay, I've got to be a team player. I'll slow down. Which I we'll hated tie. by the yeah, way. Yeah, fucking stupid. But which I hated. Did that really also, happen? Really you happened. Know? God, that's dumb. God. Because also like okay, so you got this. You got like you're realizing that to, in order to win this race. You have this specialized individual or individual or couple of individuals that will be able to accomplish this, and you're realizing right away that Forge just allow them to do it. But then in the end, you have this other bozo who's clearly the antagonist of this movie, and is like, "We should do this other thing," and then they do it. So where uh, it's like, it's, I, I well, feel like the movie itself can't decide. Is it? Here, which system it, it it's behind well here's here's my my little nitpick and i guess it has a little bit to do with what well, this isn't ford v ferrari it's like ford v ford or whatever but the they're they're this whole movie about to enter nitpick corner this whole movie is based on the premise of ford has to build a car that can beat ferrari at the 24 hours of le mans it didn't really seem that hard. Not only did they do it, but they fucking blew him away. <laughs> like he said, Ken Miles set like three records in this race. Like it, they clearly right. well, didn't have a hard time building this car. This was <laughs> that's the thing with motor racing is that like I mean the, the movie made it seem like they're these underdogs, but they were you know they had the they had way more money. the largest <laughs> fucking car company in the world behind yeah. them, giving them all the money they could ever want. You know, and like right. 
it's uh, r- racing is both a sport that's like you know heroic and kind of um it, it come you know it, it's similar to like the 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 most ancient sporting events you've in, in, in you know of all time in the sense that it's man versus you know himself or versus nature or whatever it is but also gladiators but also you know it's also an incredibly technological relies incredibly on technology and money and research and development and things like that so um yeah all right well, is there any other uh, anything we should add to this? I still I'm I'm walking away from this conversation not knowing how any of us felt, including myself. I liked this movie. Excellent. I liked Excellent. it. I did too. I liked this uh, movie. B plus. Uh, Solid B I'm gi- plus. I'm giving it a B minus. Okay, but guys, you need to vote before you go. Do you want to be Michael Mann or James Mangold? Oh, Michael Mann. Michael Mann for sure. All right. Okay, there you go. Well, then you answer my question. We shouldn't even have that discussion. Right. Let's do the math. Our service mission here was supposed to last 31 souls. For redundancy, they sent 68 souls worth of food. That's for six people. So for just me, that's going to last 300 souls, which I figure I can stretch to 400 if I ration. So I got to figure out a way to grow three years worth of food here on a planet where nothing grows. Luckily, I'm a botanist. Mars will come to fear my botany powers. Did you know that Whitney Houston's debut LP, called simply Whitney Houston, had four number one singles on it? Did you know that, Christy? You you actually listen to Whitney Houston? (laughs) You own a Whitney Houston CD? (laughs) More than one? It's hard to choose a favorite among so many great tracks. But the greatest love of all is one of the best, most powerful songs ever written about self-preservation and dignity. Its universal message crosses all boundaries and instills one with the hope that it's not too late to better ourselves. Since it's impossible in this world we live in to empathize with others, we can always empathize with ourselves. Okay, well, moving on to our top five. So we're going to do a little, little bit different here. We're going to take our top five Damon, our top five Bell performances, and we're going to rank them within each other. So these are the top five performances given by Matt Damon and Christian Bale. So um, I'm going to. Keep Since, score, a la fi, like Fixie style, and we're gonna see who is ultimately the better actor. Okay. Oh, are you just gonna do like one Damon, one Bale, or are you gonna like individual that performance gets a vote? So I can. So I'll, I'll just go it with, with the actor. But if it's, it, but then we can look at the specific movie and see if we have a, t- a number that terms the bet what what the best performance of all of them was in a specific movie. So I'll be able to do both. It'll take <sighs> okay. a lot of math. Great. A lot of dead air about to come up. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, so, uh, Jeremy, why don't you kick us off, sir, with your number five? 
All right, my number five is going to be Matt Damon, and it's going to be Jason Bourne in the Bourne movies. Uh, before okay. this, I could never see Matt Damon as sort of an action star, and I I know this is like a scene from uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Paul Rudd sort of describes it, but I totally agree <laughs> that He's I could never see Yeah, I could never see him kicking ass and then all of a sudden you're like yeah okay i get it and i'm like okay well this guy can really kind of just do most anything um and i have to give him credit for that so that's my number five i agree with you i mean it's not on my list but i do feel like damon is this it really is the best evidence of his chameleon nature as an actor you know and not a lot of people have that and you don't think of damon as having it but you know jason Bourne is a lot is like his most kind of unique character in a way but now, like, people wouldn't think twice about it, I don't think. You put Damon in an action movie, they're not going to think twice about it. But before that, um, I think a lot of people wouldn't have expected it. That's my I just heard the top of a scotch bottle. Open. Third scotch of the night. All right. Um, I like that pick, too. I thought five. about it. I thought about it, Jeremy. And in what's interesting is my number five is you could argue is maybe the movie or his or the performance from Damon, it's also a Damon performance, uh, that would make everybody say, how could he be Jason Bourne? And it's the talented Mr. Ripley. See, I wanted to add that, but I haven't seen that in so long. I'd just be disingenuous. So he, it's, it's re- he's really good. I, the movie's okay. I like it, but he's he's really good in it. And he's, he's so, like, awkward and... You know he's he's sort of a he's a closeted homosexual. You at least get the impression of that, and like, but he's really like shy. But he's sort of you know cunning and manipulative, and but is not at all Jason Bourne. And so to have him do Talented Mr. Ripley in 1999, and then a couple of years later be this action star, I think is is really interesting. And then on the flip side, like I was watching this when I was watching this movie, and it was recently. I was thinking about like it's weird looking back on these movies and imagining Damon now in a movie like this, it would never work. So it, it's the opposite direction too. Like, right. Matt but then Dam- like that makes his career basically, uh, like a seesaw and, and yeah, it's no, in the no, fulcrum, the no, fulcrum no, no, no. is had an Jason incredible Bourne. run in the, in the early night, in the late nineties, early two thousands. But I'm talking about your, his range. Like yeah. where that seesaw tipped was okay, Jason but, Bourne. But just just listen to this for a second. So you've got ninety seven Goodwill Hunting, ninety eight Saving Private Ryan, Rounders, Dogma, the Talented Miss Ripley. That's a, I think that's a quite a diverse no, amount I'm, of performances. We're talking for three, about two years. Expectation. I know my my had. point is just it's weird looking at the talented Mister Ripley, knowing what Matt Damon is now and trying to picture him in that role. I just think it's. It's not to say that he couldn't do it or it's I gotcha, any I gotcha. better or worse. It's I'm just sorry, weird to think now. of it. The same way it's hard to imagine when you, before you've seen Jason Bourne, how could Matt Damon, how could Tom Ripley play Jason Bourne? Like it just, it's just a weird thing to wrap your head around. Okay. Okay, my number five is uh, Matt Damon in The Departed. Honorable mention for me. Uh, uh, nope, go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. It's your pick. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I like. I don't know. I'd love to talk. I hope we get the chance to talk about this movie on the, um, the old uh, Martin Scorsese retrospective, the aborted slash delayed, Post- postponed, <laughs> postponed 
We've been aborted. Aborted. Um, but uh, I, I think this movie is full of great performances, and it's 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 kind of a little bit like Ford v Ferrari in the sense that like it's you're kind of there to watch guys act in a way. But I, yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love Damon in this movie. Um, you know, he's arguably got the sort of the most difficult role to play. He's playing two different people within the movie. Um, so is uh, uh, Leo, Leo in a way, but also, the- you know, you, you get a, I don't know. I just, I think this movie is great and I love, I, I think Damon is like such an important piece of it. Put in a lot of hours for that movie. Overtime. Overtime. Hi, Darlene. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. So we got right, three, my three, point, four. three points for Damon so far. My number four. We're gonna go to the. We're gonna tip to the bail, tip to the old bail. Um, it's uh, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. It's my number four, and it's an interesting pick for me because I used to not like this performance, and it was only after seeing more Christian Bale and understanding Christian Bale that I started to really, really appreciate his performance in this. That's a really because it was point. one of the, it was one of the earlier. Christian Bale movies that I that I saw and I was like this guy's just acting wacky he's acting like Jim Carrey like I don't get it and um, obviously it has to do with the content of the the film and the character and all that stuff and I think the um, movie seeing the movie again makes a difference too and, and understanding the the movie and what it's trying to portray having read the book it's one of the few books I've read so I should throw that in there um, but. Yeah, and then you're just like, holy crap, he's playing somebody totally off type. Like, I don't know what his type is, but it's still beyond that. Um, and, and it's really impressive. All right, mm-hmm. I got Bale at number four as well. I'm going with his very first performance, Empire of the Sun. Uh, Excellent pick. Arguably the best Honorable performance mention. by a child that I've ever seen. Um, I don't love this movie. I feel like that maybe that's why it falls down my list a little bit, but it, it's just so good. I mean, he's, what, 10, 11 years old in this movie, uh, and he just acts circles around everybody. <laughs> and it's just amazing. I mean, I, you got to credit Spielberg some, for sure, for getting that kind of performance out of him. I, I don't know. It, is Spielberg an actor's director? I feel like he is, right? I, I don't know that we categorize him that way. but That's a great question. I think it's um, worth taking some time to think about because he gets some great performances. We'll consider that on our upcoming Spielberg retrospective. So we've said (laughs) it. It's the day day after Scorsese. Yes, the day (laughs) after. In 2029. Um, So, yeah, Empire of the Sun. Number four, the Sugarland Express. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, So my number four is the uh, much maligned on this podcast, Vice. I mean, Great. you know, Lee, I, you, your criticism is not um, is is not smart. No, I'm just kidding. It's not <laughs> without merit. I, I I I definitely see where you're coming from, and look, in some, I wanted in some regards, to put this. I agree with it. But but what I want to say is that I, you know we often malign imitation on this movie on this podcast, and I don't think Vice is imitation, but I think you could think of it as imitation and. But you do have to get credit for, for, to the way that he can pour himself into such a different, uh, both in appearance and in in in, in voice and in sure. mannerisms. Uh, and this, this person is, and that we that the... we know f- from the news. Yeah, 
I've said this. I said this on the Vice podcast. This is a good performance, and I think I reiterated a little bit on the Fixies. I just don't like these types of performances, and I have a hard time ranking them higher than a performance like what we saw in Ford v Ferrari. So Look, this is not this a bad is... performance. I don't. I don't malign you for putting it on your list. I just think that if we're looking at hit, you know the best of Bale, it's for me. It just isn't there. I mean, if Christian Bale didn't have the filmography he had, it would have been on my list. I mean, it was my favorite performance uh, uh, last year. Um, this was, yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't. Yeah. I guess I don't remember that. No. Yeah. Well, Timothy Chalamet was your favorite performance of last year. But that wasn't that supporting. Well, yeah. Yes. Okay, well, yes. Then, so yeah, best yeah. Lead performance. The best lead performance of last year was this. Uh, it was my number one in lead performances. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and I wanted to get it on this list, but that says more about Christian Bale than it does uh, about his performance in this movie. And uh, I disagree with Lee. I think Lee's completely wrong. Who won the Fixie last year for Best Actor? Bradley Cooper? Yeah. I think so. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. All right, Jeremy, you're number three. Uh, my number three is another Christian Bale performance, and it is uh, Ken Miles in Ford vs. Ferrari. Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, I think we kind of just described why we like this. It was, but to me, I just, it, it's the humor of the, it's a humor and the humanity that he brings to this role that honestly could have been boring. This role didn't need to be as good as it was. Um, like it could have been boring. It could have just been the family guy. You, you, you pulls up the heartstrings. You feel bad for uh, a little bit disagreeable, but he brings so much more to this. And we talked about it just in delivery of, of, of lines that don't even necessarily have to be funny. Like he's just, he brings a gravitas to this role that certainly most other actors would not have brought to it. And, uh, you don't see as great as and as, as Christian Bale normally is, and as much as he changes his body and his voice and everything else, and you're just sort of in awe of what he can do with his with his body. This one is like kind of the opposite. He's just being yeah, he's just a acting. human, and he's just acting, and he's like he's great in it. So that's why it lands at number three on my list. Uh, I'm glad you have it on here. I actually didn't mention I, I uh, left Ford v Ferrari off um, off my list just because I knew we'd discuss it. No other reason other than that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's possible these are you know two of my favorite performances from both these actors. Um, my number three uh, has been mentioned already. Chapin, your number five, Matt Damon in The Departed. Good, good. I mean, I, see, that's an honorable mention for me, but, like, he gets outshined by Leo in that movie. I don't... So, I used to think that. I don't know that I I could pick one of them over the other. I, I think they're both so good. Um, Damon's a little like, scene-chewing at times in this movie, and he doesn't do that a lot, and I think he does it really well here. I mean, if you think about the uh, of these two, who's the scene-chewing actor, you're going to say Bale, but... Damon does it a bit in The Departed with a lot of scenes, and I think he pulls it off really well. I just didn't quite buy Damon as that evil of person in that movie. There was always a little gnawing at me that he's but he, not quite there. But he there. counterbalances that he's so well with this like desperate. insecurity that he yeah. has. Like, yeah, he's like desperate. 
that's what's so good about it is that like yeah he's evil but he's not really he kind of sucks at being evil like <laughs> he just wants to be so wrong okay uh my is it my turn am i on number two yes, yes number sir. three number three okay my number three is matt damon in ridley scott's the martian oh very good yep um good pick again uh, like this is kind of similar to Ford v. Ferrari in a way is that it's just an enjoyable film to watch. You know, I mean, it's sci-fi, so, you know, I'm already there. I've already bought two tickets, you know, to see it, see it twice in theaters. But one then for it's you, one like, for your popcorn. When it's, but I'm like, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Jamie enjoy- just doesn't want anybody sitting next to him. Yeah, I buy three tickets, both on either <laughs> side and the one in front of me. Um, so, you know... It's such an enjoyable film. the 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 Damon performance anchors the film, and he's it's all about him. And um, gosh, I just I just think he's so. It just showed a different side of him, and it's so fun to watch. Yeah, I think he he brings that humanity side to that movie um, that really connects you to it. I mean, he's alone for most of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. What I think is interesting about that that piece is that you know if you're if you're looking for a, a double feature or a comparison to draw, you think something like Castaway with Tom Hanks, and they're just such different performances with Damon and The Martian and Hanks and Castaway, both great. But Damon is is this is a funny movie, like this is a comedic performance in many ways, and I think that's sort of the brilliance of that movie. All right. Uh... My number two is another Bale performance. Wow. It is uh, Alfred Borden in The Prestige. Yeah, that was my, in the the aborted, we're going to do both, that was my number three of Bale performances. So, I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, it's a dual performance. Um, Two people, spoiler alert. And you you realize just how much this guy cares. Uh, and again, here's a here's another one of uh, people good at their jobs, um, yeah. committed to their jobs. There's just something about him in this movie that I don't know lends a weight to it that Hugh Jackman does not bring. Like the the amount you care about him in comparison. Uh, is a lot. Do you guys feel that way? I mean, I think Hugh Jackman's good in it, and I, I think do. there's I, a desperation I, I, in his performance. But there's something that really anchors you with Christian Bale's performance. Well, you just you what you have to believe about Borden in that film is that he's so dedicated to his belief about being the best magician he can possibly be that it dominates his life and it it creates this extraordinarily complicated relationship between he his twin brother and the women in his lives and mm-hmm. you just have you just buy that complexity and i think there is complexity in um in Hugh Jackman's part but it's it's per the film in the plot of the film he is not as complex as Borden is and so you just right. feel that and it's done very very well and I think, I, I think the big part of it is the reveal. Like once the reveal happens, you re- that you then kind of like calculate backwards on how good he's been during this whole movie. I, I think it's this is this might be like a, a really sort of pedestrian take, but like 
I, I like Hugh Jackman in this movie. I think he's really good in this movie. I just think it's this movie's an example of the fact that Bale is just a better actor. Like, they're both good, but Bale is just better. I mean, he's, you know, so take that however you want, but... I guess you could you, say, like, reverse the roles. Would you would that movie work as well? If Bale played Jackman? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I Probably not, because it's a different... The, the, the Borden role is more important. And I don't think it would work as well because yeah, exactly. So because the Borden role is more important. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, my turn, right? My number two, Christian Bale in the Fighter. Mm. Look, guys, Yo, just Mickey to, just to prove Ward. that I'm not opposed to Bale kind of going all in on a role, altering his appearance, altering his mannerisms and his voice. Here is a movie where he does it, and it fits within the context of the movie. And it works great, and he's funny, and he's exciting, and he chews the scenery, but doesn't matter. It's great. Yeah, uh, it, it to me, it's not a lasting performance. It's it's a showy performance. I totally, it's I completely both. agree. I don't think it's a very good performance. In fact, wrong. It's actually great. one of my least favorite of his. Wow. Yeah, but you've been saying that since he came out, and you. Yeah. So I consistency. Think, I, no, well, fine, but I think you, I think I look. Maybe this isn't true. I I do think that maybe me and Jeremy have a have a appreciation for a a, a Massachusetts performance like this. And and the other example I'll use is Jeremy Renner in the town, which I, if I remember correctly, Chapin, you weren't overly impressed with either. And no, he's I like that, that performance. What do you? That's not true at all. You're totally well, misrepresenting that, me. Well, I don't mean to misrepresent you. That's just how I remembered it. I maybe well, I'm misremembering that the, the me- old exterior films mis- podcast. You remember and misrepresented misrepresented me. Well, look, and as the, as the a fact constant is that the, fan of the Departed, and I, as a, someone who always says the Departed instead of the the Departed, I think that's an insult. That's I'm not I'm not critiquing your Boston accent, Chapin. <laughs> In fa- <laughs> For listeners who don't know, Chapin got us some free shit on DirecTV once by, by, over the phone pretending to be me and feeling the need to have a Boston accent and doing convincing, so. Convincing, convincing. One, accent. I don't have a Boston accent. Two, the people on the phone don't know me. <laughs> um, it still works. It helped, but it, it helped. helped. It made a difference. But look, you guys are are not giving the fighter enough credit. Uh, where's Brantley when I need him? Um, Here's the thing, I don't like, love that I don't, movie. I love that performance, though. That's the thing. It's like uh, I may not be given enough credit, but I don't have any interest to rewatch that movie. I would watch I mean, it for him. Th- this might be blasphemy. I think Amy Adams is the best part of that movie. Oh come so, on! So what's my what? What am I on now? Two. Number two. two. My number two is Rescue Dawn, starring Christian Bale. I'm glad that's you put that on there. I yeah. didn't remember it well enough, but. Um, what this and uh, this is a, this is a very strange, funny, and over the top performance, but it works. It works for the film. Um, he's doing something in this movie. He's making some weird choices, but this film is weird in general, and it I just it just works. I just I just he goes through the forest and tries to survive. That was my Werner Herzog? Brilliant. <laughs> But just as good, it's as good as my Boston accent. <laughs> yeah. 
no, it's a great performance, and I wanted to add it to my list, but I was just like, ugh, I haven't seen that in so long. Yeah, I just didn't remember. I couldn't. I wouldn't have been able to tell you a scene that he that like what made that great. Oh, he was like hungry. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> he should have fasted beforehand, no, right, Jeremy? He would have been totally. Yeah, he, well, he looked great. He had all those abs. Yeah. Um. So I think it's amazing that we have not had any repeat. Just uh, one. The Departed. One? Oh, The Departed. Yeah, you're right. Okay, never mind. Uh, still pretty good one. Yeah. All right, my, my number one, we're going back to Damon. He wins this list, um, and it's Will Hunting in Good Will Hunting. It's just, uh, it's just a character. It's a movie that I could watch over and over again, and it's just a character that I love. And... Um, they kind of pulled this out of nowhere. They made it up out of nowhere. It really doesn't make sense <laughs> if you really think about it, but it works. Um, and uh, I don't know what else yeah, to all say the right about peop- it. All the right people in all the right places for that movie. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah. I don't have much appreciation it, for this because I didn't grow up in the. That's Boston true. You area. grew up in, into in Boston, yeah. Like and you, it's like emotion, it's Jeremy. an emotional performance. <laughs> yeah, we've we grew up in Southie, the hard the hard Southie that where to even like rent a place is twenty eight hundred that's a minimum, it's twenty eight hundred dollars for a one bedroom. Jesus ah, Christ. Southie. Gentrification, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh unfortunately I gotta pull another repeat. My number one is Christian Bale in the prestige. The prestige. Hmm. That's an interesting why, pick. Why is that number one, Lee? Uh, a lot of what you said, I, I mean, we've kind of discussed it. I mean, I just think this is him uh, showing us his true abilities as an actor more than maybe any other movie, barring perhaps Ford v. Ferrari. I just think, you know, if you take everything into consideration about my, you know, my feelings towards Bale, and, you know, which has been much discussed, I just think here he's acting he's he's taking on a role so he's not just playing himself like it's just sort of everything that you look for in an actor and it's i think one of our best working actors doing it so i i feel like that's that's it that's what makes a number one it's got a little combination of like the the trickery for lack of a better word of christian bale and the humanity all rolled into one yeah that's very well put. i also like Performances where you have like actors acting, you know, like they're acting as in their role. You know what I mean? Like he's putting on a performance as Alfred Borden and his twin brother throughout the whole movie. And I think that's hard to pull off. It seems like it'd be easy, but I don't think it is. Yeah. All right, uh, Chapin, what do you got? My number one is. Who do you think it's going to be, guys? American Psycho. American Psycho. Correct. Uh, this is this is an all timer for me. Um, uh, it's a funny performance. It's full of comedy. It's just, <laughs> it's just so good. It's so, it's so good. It's it's it makes the movie. Um, it, it it I don't I don't think he's quite reached the, this peak since, and he's been in so many great movies and nominated so many times. Um, it's great. It's so good. All right, Lee. Well, it wasn't even was not even close. 
Christian Bale, 31 points. Matt Damon, 14 points. Um, wow. As far as the movie with the most points, The Prestige earned nine points, being my number one and Jeremy's number two. American Psycho got uh, seven points. I think that's its second, the second place spot. And The Departed got four points. That's the only other one that was on there twice. So a bunch of stuff got four points, obviously. I do have an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, it's Carol played by Damon, and it's not from Ford vs. V. Ferrari. It's from him in 30 Rock. Oh, when he plays the pilot? <laughs> As a pilot. <laughs> so good. And he says, yeah, I heard about that guy, Sully. You know I, yeah. you know what I do? Don't hit birds. Not, not hit birds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to go down that road, then like some of the, the Jimmy Kimmel stuff, I mean, he's... Yeah, I'm a doorman. A doorman to the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's so good in that stretch on 30 Rock. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Get Your Film Fixed podcast. I've been Chabin Hemingway. Lee has been Lee. Jeremy's been Jeremy. And next week we're going to review... What, guys? What's next? Uh, is it can we do knives out maybe i'm hoping knives out knives out knives out y'all get your knives out it's a nice run away hopefully ryan johnson redeems himself after a mediocre star wars entry and that's just my personal opinion i'm staying i'm finishing my coffee Enjoying my coffee.